This is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gudikin sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40 and he's Trista's height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. We got the Spurs trying to avoid elimination in the in-season tournament. The IST, the IST, I saw it on the graphic on ESPN. They called it the IST. 123-115, Sacramento's up on the uh, Spurs. 149 to go in the fourth quarter there. Big, big, big games tonight in the East. Sorry, I didn't want to spill on myself. I was waiting. I was like, I can tell he's trying not to spill on his laptop. <laughs> Don't spill your coffee. Do we, you had, we made a bet, by the way, to whether you'd make it down here in time. You did. Congratulations. You win. Well, the issue is there's only one coffee cup, and it's, like, really small. What do you mean there's so, one coffee cup? There's only one. I didn't bring my own cup. I forgot because I had to Uber here today. Got a car accident last night. Do you want to tell the story? You just might, now you might as well do it while we wait. I was uh, just sitting at a at a stoplight. I was listening to a little Dave Matthews band, relaxing. I'm not gonna lie, I almost passed out myself. And uh, somebody just, I looked up and I saw a car coming at me, and then they hit me, and that was that was it. Jeez, that was about it. I mean, yeah. that's as that's as brutal as it gets. There, yeah. I mean, we got some. Do we have any? Is 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 he on? Can you get your headphones on there, please, yeah. Luke? That would probably be important right now if you could do that because we're hearing something and I'm not sure I what's hear going, on, so. going on. So, yeah, if you could uh, let us know what's going on, we'll wait. We'll talk to Nigel Burton as soon as he, he's ready to go. He's All right, cool. We bring on Nigel Burton then, uh, Pac 12 network analyst. There you go. We could hear you in the ear, and it was like, I think he's there, but he's not up on the screen yet. You know how technology is, as we sit here and we depend on it, and then half the time it, it doesn't work right. We were talking earlier, Nigel, just about the Pac 12, not like what we've got going on this weekend. Obviously, a lot of hype around the league this year and everything that's gone on and the great games that we've had. And it, we look at, and there's been so much conversation about Oregon and Washington, and those are two teams that are clearly trying to make a push for the college football playoff. But if we're just looking at, the Pac-12 championship. I mean, Arizona still has a chance to even stay alive if they're able to beat Utah this weekend. I know that there's a lot that still has to factor into that. But how can you just kind of sum up the last couple of weeks in the Pac-12, given really all the chaos that we still have ahead of us? Well, first of all, guys, I got to apologize because uh, it turned into Friday night dance party here at the house. So that's why <laughs> I was a little bit late. I ain't going to lie. Hey, I don't get a lot of Fridays at the house with the family, so I was taking advantage of it. We had a little Emery, LL Cool J. It was it was going to the house. <laughs> but uh, look, this is what happens every single year in the Pac-12, right? This is not the SEC where it's Georgia, Alabama, and everywhere everybody else. Uh, as a matter of fact, apparently LL Cool J wants to come back. If you can hear him in the background, so <laughs> we don't mind. I don't yeah, that's fine. On. My Alexa, my Alexa's lost her, her mind. Um, so anyway, uh, but this is what happens every single year. Um, and so, you know, it's really nothing new, you know, this isn't the sec where it's Georgia, Alabama, and a bunch of teams that nobody else can make it or Ohio state, Michigan, and nobody else. This has always been the way this conference has gone from the time I played in it. Uh, and when I coached in it and now, and so, you know, we're coming down to the wire and there's you know, four or five teams still alive. And that's what we expected because we had a competitive conference from the jump. 
Who would you take as a long shot? So Arizona State's 30 to 1, Arizona's 30 to 1, the Beavs 16 to 1. Those are probably the three that are the most reasonable with still some value betting wise. Yeah, I mean, if I'm being honest with you, I I think it would be tough for Arizona to pull this thing off. I think I think their dreams might end this weekend when they take on Utah. Um, but uh I swear, LL Cool J really wants to get on your show. I mean, he is, it is super loud. Oh, there sorry. could be a lot a worse of a soundtrack, so I think we'll be good. Yeah. Anyway, go. I can't get Let this me tell you, those things anyway. have a mind of their own. I have so many at my it is house, crazy. and they will just it's either, crazy. Like, they don't listen at all. So everybody tells us no. the robots are going to take over. I'm like, they don't even listen. They're not going to do anything. They're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's crazy is I've been trying to play De La Soul the whole night. Nothing. I get nothing. But now I'm on an interview with you guys, and LL Cool Aid just, just, just decides <laughs> to jump up in the middle of the thing. I ain't asked for nothing. Anyway. Uh, but look, yeah. So I, I think I think if I was going to put any money in any in in dark horse outside of, obviously, Oregon and Washington, I think I got to take the beeves. I think when you look at Oregon State still really controlling their own destiny, they need a little bit of help with them, the help they need. But getting Washington at home, I think, is going to be huge. And there are two teams that do not care about going to Autzen. And the two teams that don't care about going to Autzen are Oregon State and Washington State. And so the way that the, the Beavers play travels. They run the football. They play great defense. And if DJ uh, Uliangalele plays the way he is capable of playing, they could be anybody, anywhere. Yeah, Oregon State, two-point favorite against Washington at Research Stadium. Is that two points more of an indictment on Washington's defense that allowed Utah to put up 28 on their dome piece? Or is that Oregon State's defense that's getting respect who's only allowing just less than 21? I, I don't know. You guys are better than me when it comes to all the, the betting stuff. I got no idea. I think in the grand scheme of things, I think it's more just a recognition of the fact that Oregon State's a really good team, and they're really, really good at home. And when you go into Reezer, I coached her for five years. I mean, Reggie Bush, Matt Liner, Fog Bowl, those guys took off. John David Booty came up, and we gave him his last name. I mean, it didn't matter, you know. There's a lot of teams who've shown up in Reezer Stadium and had their national championship slash Pac-12 championships, die, you know, dreams die. Utah went in there two years ago and got smoked. And so, um, you know, I think people recognize the history. If this game was in Seattle, totally different. Um, if it was a neutral site, totally different. Going into Reezer Stadium is no joke. And I think, you know, I think the odds makers understand that. Tomorrow, a game I was actually excited for, you know, preseason was going to be USC and UCLA. Um, USC is a six-point favorite in the game, but Lincoln Riley, I mean, they have four losses this season. They fired Alex Grinch as D.C., but I'm more intrigued about what's going on at UCLA because the defense has lived up to the hype. You know, Dante Moore was a true freshman, kind of struggled, but what's your opinion on Chip Kelly? They're six and four, and we're hearing um, it looks like maybe after tomorrow's game, he might be let go. Do you think that that's right? I mean, he's only been there for a couple seasons, and when you look at what he took over, I don't think he's been doing that all that bad of a job, to be honest with you. No, I, I think, you know, somebody asked me about UCLA earlier this week. And, yeah, you know, it's been 25 years since I've been in the Rose Bowl. And I fail to believe that that is laid at the feet of three different head coaches who've all been successful at other places and couldn't get it done at UCLA. To me, that's probably a UCLA problem that they just don't want to look themselves in the mirror and recognize that there's some issues that they need to fix at UCLA. I remember when I was coaching, I was up for a job at UCLA. I turned it down to go to Nevada because <laughs> when you looked at 
and, and straight up, I'm not even and, and it was for a guy I have a ton of respect for, Rick Neuheisel. Um, Dwayne Walker, yeah. who's a mentor of mine, was going to be my, my DC, and I was going to be in line to be the next D coordinator at UCLA. But in the grand scheme of things, the amount of money that they were able to pay coaches for the for the the cost of living of living in LA was just like I didn't know how I was going to figure it out. I mean, I was going to have to live an hour away from campus, and so you know, I don't know if that's still the case now. But UCLA's got some UCLA issues that are way bigger than anything Chip Kelly's got. And I know I watch Chip Kelly's offenses every single week. We all know about their defense. Uh, they will uh, formation you to death. They are a nightmare to prepare for. I coached against him when he was at Oregon. I still have nightmares of that 69 nothing beatdown he gave to me. Uh, and so, you know, that hasn't changed. When you're on your third quarterback, I don't care who you are, unless you're Kyle Whittingham, you got problems. And so yeah. I actually wanted to I wanted to ask you really quick about Oregon too and just um you know I, I've always been a fan of Utah in the Pac twelve because of like the way they play in the trenches, not your typical Pac twelve team. What's your opinion of Dan Lanning and what he's done with that program? I mean, the offensive line was a question mark coming into the season. I think they're one of the better offensive lines in the country. And you got a guy like Bucky Irving averaging like six, seven yards per carry. I just think they've completely changed that offense and that program. Um, compared to what they were, you know, flashy, fun. They still have all that, but they're tough, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm going to actually give a little credit to Mario Cristobal because he recruited a lot of those guys. Um, by the way, if this is just too loud in the background, I can always <laughs> go and Boo, Mario. Boo, Willis. Yeah, well, hey, but you got to remember, Mario is the one who started off with, you know, he wanted that element of that team being tough. And it didn't necessarily come to fruition with him. I think Dan Lanning has taken that and now put it on steroids. And they've been able to go into Salt Lake City and uh, out Utah, Utah. I mean, they beat them up. And so uh, I think in the grand scheme of things, um, you know, Dan Lanning's done an outstanding job, not just with their offensive line. I think defensively they are playing the way that you would expect a guy who was a defensive coordinator of Georgia to get them to play. And so they, and now you know, they got a lot. Now they're of, all the way up. All the way up. All the way up. They're all the way up. Yeah. Well, this is as loud as I think it is. Yeah, it's it. I was like, man, I'm like, it's okay. It's okay, coach. It's okay, coach. Back to Oregon, though. Like, do you think Oregon is is tough enough if they were to somehow sneak into the college football playoff to actually compete with the likes of Georgia, with the likes of Michigan? Because as a duck, as a duck alum, I've seen this story before where we run through the Pac-12. We look so amazing. Everyone hypes us up. Oh, and then we get straight hold smacked. Hold on, Tristan. See, what these boys don't know is me and you go way back. All right, we go way back. So all that run through the Pac-12 stuff, first of all, your ducks ran into my dogs. They didn't run through nobody. They, they got they got it. So let's start with that. Second of all, these are not – I don't know what year like, you're talking about. These are not the ducks. These are not the ducks of the past. I think these dudes play with an attitude. I think I think that loss might have been the best thing that happened to this program. I think they are angry, and they might be number six. Here's what I've, I've been saying. They are number six in the CFP. They're, Washington is number five. Oregon is number one in the pissed-off CFP. They are the most pissed-off <laughs> team in America, and nobody wants to see them. They are the number one team that nobody wants to see right now. Uh, and and, I, and the only team I think that really wants another shot at Oregon – is Washington. So I think people are, the guys in Seattle are kind of tired of people making it sound like they didn't deserve that win or that they're not, you know, da, da, da. They're about the only team. Georgia does not want to see them. I promise you, Michigan does not want to see them. They can talk all that talk and walk all that walk. This is not the Big Ten. This is not Vanderbilt. They don't get to play 
you know, Kentucky and Tennessee who got smoked by Missouri and all that kind of stuff. The Pac-10 is for real. The Pac-12 is for real. And uh, no, no, they are number one on the list of teams nobody wants to see right now. I got to be honest. I think we should make some rankings about pissed off teams every week. Might steal that idea from you. I like that a lot. Right? And Nigel right? Burton, Pet MGM tonight. You. You're me- talking about, you're mentioning UCLA. They got uh, USC this weekend. They're six point dogs at USC. And I mean, listen, USC is a polarizing program. You've got a polarizing head coach and a quarterback that's going to go number one overall. But they're seven and four on the year. The defense has been uh, atrocious. And now there's always the people, we knew this would happen, coming out of the woodwork trying to pick apart Caleb Williams as much as they can. When you look at the season that he's had and the season that USC has had, especially with, you know, that defense and some of the struggles that they've had. What do you make of the year that he's had this year versus last year when he won the Heisman? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's been a struggle for him. I think that ultimately the, the growth that I wanted to see out of Caleb this year, I, I, I talked about it at the very beginning of the season. And so, you know, I don't pull any punches that he is a magician, the likes that I don't think we've seen in college football. And I can't even begin to see who I could compare him to. That said, what I wanted to see was Caleb Williams on schedule playing quarterback. I wanted to see Caleb Williams walk up to the line of scrimmage, dissect the defense, know what coverage, know the play, get us in and out of the right play, get the ball out of his hand quickly within two seconds or less. That's what I wanted to see. And we haven't seen that. We're still seeing him play kind of some backyard football, make some kind of interesting decisions. And where he was able to get out of jams last year, he just hasn't been able to do that this year uh, in the same fashion. And so, um, you know, he's still an elite talent. He's still the guy that if I'm taking a guy number one, that's what I'm taking because he can make chicken salad out of chicken, you know what. Um, but that being said and done, you know, I want to see that growth where, you know, he's able to walk up, get the snap, get the ball out of his hand, and watch some of those athletes make plays for him. And, you know, when um, you, you score 42 points and lose games, you do feel like you got to you got to press it a little bit. And I think that's kind of come up, you know, caught up with them a little bit this year. We have about one minute, Coach. Colorado takes on Washington State in the Palouse in 16 minutes. Uh, what do you think about just this Colorado season? And do you think they have a chance to keep it close tonight? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they have a chance to keep it close. You got Shadur. I love Shadur Sanders. Love him. I ain't seen a dude get his teeth kicked in, pick himself up, and deliver the way like that. Like seriously, it's crazy to watch week after week, and he does it week after week. Love that dude. So, um, yes, they have a chance to keep it close. Wazoo on a Friday night is like going to Corvallis on a Friday night. You kind of ask him for it, but uh, but we'll see. You know, I think um, in the end, I think I think they keep it close, but uh, I think Wazoo walks away with the win. Nigel Burton, Pac-12 Network, brings Thanks, us college Thanks, football man. analysis and a soundtrack. And That's we'll take it. That's right. Hey, DJ Coach there. B on the wheels of still, baby. Whenever you guys need me, I got you. <laughs> I love it. Sounds good. Yeah, I, uh, he's right about Caleb Williams, though, because no matter what, man, Caleb's still going number one. I know you love Drake May. Caleb Williams is going number He's one. He's the number one rated quarterback in the nation when thrown from a clean pocket this yeah. season, which kind of tells you everything. You know, yep. terrible offensive line play. He had to play Superman so many times this season. Bad defense. They have to score every time they have the ball. Yeah. Get I, I kind of want to go hang out with Coach. Can I leave you guys? I, I'm fine with that. Listen That's to, my guy. This is the best. Yeah. It was great. Some I like French a little Montana. soundtrack, too. Yeah. Nice French Every, yeah, it was great. It was All just, the way up. You know, it keeps us going the last 45 minutes because we still got some week 11 in the NFL to look at, looking at some props, looking at sides, totals. It's Bet MGM tonight. 
The winning trifecta is Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashu. All three will be right back on Bet MGM tonight. Presented by Bet MGM, live from BetQL.